Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of All In Tech. Today we're having our fifth tech talk. And today we're going to be discussing, we'll be re-reviewing the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra from last year. And we also will be talking about the new leaks for the Galaxy Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3 because obviously that's part of the foldable lineup. So we'll be talking about those three and hope you guys enjoy this episode let's get started all right so this segment's going to be for the galaxy note 20 ultra all right so let's get started this is the first segment and today obviously the note 20 ultra this is i mean this is one of the best phones and it's almost coming up on a year now almost it, it was released august 21st of 2020 but as you guys already know it's august already again and it's the ninth today so I mean, it's almost a year. Theoretically, it's almost a year that this phone has been released. So, how does it how does it hold up? Now, this phone, this was with the best phone of the year for a lot of people. And I think it was recognized worldwide as one of the best phones of the year of 2020. Now, this phone I, I remember I fell in love with it. I really did love it. I loved everything from the design to the color to the screen. I mean, everything about this was just beautiful. But a lot of people started to criticize it in a way that kind of seemed like it was a little bit repetitive and really nothing was being innovated. But for me, I felt like this is the pinnacle of the Note series. Uh, maybe that was the Note 10. I'm, I don't know. But I feel like the Note 20 is the most refined note and it should be because it is the latest note of course now it's been a year and as we all know there is not going to be a, a galaxy note 21 it sucks i mean it really does all the all all these years we've had a note every single time in the fall now we we don't have it anymore so it kind of sucks but Samsung, according to Samsung, we should see a Note 20 Ultra next year or a Note 22 Ultra. So we should see that next year. Right now, Samsung wants to focus on the foldables, to be completely honest. Because if they wanted to produce a Note 21, they could have very much done so. But they didn't. So here we are, a year later almost, and we have the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra still being the latest and greatest Note device. Now, let's talk about the specifications because obviously who, I mean, if you don't already know, but we'll talk, we'll just talk about them. We'll briefly mention it and then explain how it's held up according to the times. So for the build of the phone, we have Gorilla Glass Victus on the front and on the back side. We have a stainless steel frame. So, and you also have the IP68 water and dust resistance, 1.5 meters for 30 minutes. I mean, it's sensational. This build quality was its finest from Samsung. It is definitely, I mean, it's a beautiful, well-built phone. We obviously have glass on the front, glass on the back, and it curves on both the front and the back. And it just ends up being this wonderful, beautifully designed phone. Now, the only problem I think I would have is that camera bump. Obviously, it's relatively big. But I think if you can handle it, you'll be fine. I've I've used a Note briefly, and it's a very big phone. 
keep in mind, it's that thing is not for the faint of heart. It's not for the people who want to use their phone one-handed. You have to use both hands in almost everything that you do on that phone. It's pretty crazy. So huge phone, but I, I mean, for me, it's a beautiful designed phone, and I think it's definitely worth it. Now, for the premium materials, it's still better built than a lot of other phones. It still rivals the iPhones and the Galaxy S series phones of the, the flagships of, of today, and it still does hold up in terms of build quality. Now, one thing that obviously has always set it apart was the stylus, but we'll talk more about that later because obviously this is one of the biggest things about the Note, the stylus, hence the name Note. So let's move on to the display. We have a 6.9 inch, guys, that's near tablet size, a 6.9 inch dynamic AMOLED 2X display, just a fancy name for a beautiful, a, a beautiful panel. We have 120 Hertz, although with a compromise, which I'll talk about in just a bit, with HDR 10 plus. So a beautiful display on a huge panel adds up for a lot of viewing content pleasure, a lot of gaming pleasure. So it's going to be just a whole beautiful experience with the Note 20 Ultra. Now, the resolution is going to be a little iffy because if you want 60 hertz, you are going to have, or if you want 120 hertz, you're going to have 1080p resolution and it tops out right there and you don't have that option. So if you want to drop down to 60 hertz, that's when you can get the full pixel resolution at 1440 by 3088. Now, in terms of pixel density, it, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. We have 496 PPI density, so definitely high quality screen. You'll Everything is going to be crisp on that panel. It's a high-end panel made from made by Samsung, so it's expected. Now, for the overall uh, display, I would say that it would have been the perfect panel had they allowed users to have 120 hertz as well as a full resolution, because now you can do that only on the Galaxy S21 Ultra. You can't do that on the normal S21s. You can only do it on the high-end one, which is kind of frustrating to me, because they should have done it on the Note. To be completely honest, they should have done it on the Note first. But I guess I would have taken away from their S-series phone. I don't know. But that's the problem that I see with Samsung phones in general is that they have two lines. The main lineup that's for normal average consumers and then the Note lineup, which is for power users. That it, it, There's features that are shared, some that are taken away from one another. And so they really compete, even though for the market that they're in, they shouldn't compete because they're both very different phones. But up until recently, that line has been blurred. And now it's just a lot of people are calling the Note series pretty much the Galaxy S series with a stylus. And now that Samsung has given away the stylus, the one thing that separated the Note device from the S series phone, they gave it to the S series phones now. It's not in the phone itself for the S series phone, but regardless, they gave it that S Pen support. And it's kind of frustrating because that was the one thing that separated the Note devices. And it seemed like Samsung wants to kill off their Galaxy Note series. Or if they didn't, they're doing it unintentionally. And so it's kind of frustrating because the Note has always been this 
big, innovative phone with all the features, no compromise whatsoever. But lately, Samsung's been doing it for their S-series phones and kind of just barely innovating at all for their Note series. So that's the one of the biggest problems that a lot of people were talking about with this phone. It's lack of innovation. It's lack of progression, really. But personally, for me, I think that they just refined this. They wanted to refine this Note device. And here we are at a beautiful, beautiful Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. Now, moving on to the platform. So the OS, it's running on Android 11, or but it launched on Android 10. And it also launched on One UI 3.0. And it's obviously going to have multiple years of software support. So you don't have to worry about that. Now, for the chipset, you are running the Exynos 990 and in the global market. And Qualcomm Snapdragon 6. Six, and the, the Qualcomm Snapdragon 865 Plus. And this is going to be for markets such as here in the US. So for the global version, it kind of it's, it's a little weird because a lot of people have been complaining about the Exynos chips and the performance difference between them and the Qualcomm chips. But personally, when I've seen it, yeah, there's a difference side by side. But if you don't put them side by side, they both act relatively the same. Yeah, you do get a little bit less battery life, but you don't actually notice that. So, I mean, it is what it is. Hopefully, if you're in the US, you get that Snapdragon model, and hopefully it works out for those who have the Exynos model. But both powerful chipsets, they all, they you know, Exynos has their respective problems, but it is what it is. If we move on, we go to the CPU, and if we're talking about the Exynos chip, you're going to have the octa-core graphics for the global market and for the GPU. Um, oh, and sorry, for the CPU, that's going to be the Octa-Core Mongoose M5. And then for the global, for the US market, I'm tripping. For the US market, you will have the Cortex-A76. So you are going to have quite a bit of flexibility with that CPU, depending on what market you're in. For the GPU, if you have Exynos, it's going to be the Mali G77. But if you're in the US, you're going to have that Snapdragon uh, chipset. So it's going to be paired with the Adreno 650. Both should offer more than sufficient gameplay in terms of quality, smoothness, frame rates, all of that. It's going to work well because these phones, obviously, they weren't designed for the mid-range chipsets. They were designed to be flagship phones. And yes, while the Exynos might be a little behind in terms of power and heat efficiency and battery usage, it's still a flagship processor. It's a slightly inferior version, yes, but you aren't going to notice that when you're using it. You might. Some people have complained about it, but I mean, there's really not much we can do. We can start telling Samsung, hey, use all of it, but it's it, it, there's a lot of reasoning behind why Samsung uses their chips in the international market. It has to lo do a lot with business. So got to give them a little bit of slack there, cut them some slack. Now for the memory, we do have micro SD card expansion. Imagine that the new Galaxy S series of phones do not have expandable memory. And it's kind of frustrating because now they're following in Apple's footsteps in terms of taking features away. I remember Samsung used to be the absolutely no compromise micro SD card, uh, headphone jack, then the USB-C port, water resistance, heart rate monitor, 
curved display, triple camera. It was all perfect. And now they're kind of they're they're taking away features in the name of refinement. So I don't know. I'm kind of frustrated about that the way that Samsung's dealing with, with their phones right now. But the Note 20 Ultra still kept the micro SD card, although dropped the headphone jack uh, for a while now. And they dropped it on the Note 10. Now, you do have quite a bit of configuration op options. You have 256 base in the international models. But what's surprising is that here in the US, we get 128 base model, which is really strange. And that's paired with 8 gigs of RAM. If you do go with that option, you have 256 or sorry, you have 512 paired with 8 gigs of RAM and 512 again, except this time it's paired with 12 gigs of RAM. So either way you go at it, you're going to have tons of storage, except if you're, if you're here in the U.S. and you don't get the higher end base model of 256, then yeah. Because if we go back to the Note 10, that came with 256 out of the box. But here in the U.S., for some reason, the Note 20 Ultra comes with 128. Like, it's a power phone. You have 8K recording now. Why are you giving us only 128? We should start stepping it up. Like, come on. Samsung did a back, you know, step back instead of stepping forward. So it's kind of annoying, again, complaining about Samsung. But it's only because I like them. I want them to see. I want to see them improve. Now, if we move on, we have the main attention caller, attention grabber. We have the triple camera setup. This comes in a form of in a form of a huge camera bump. We have a 108 megapixel camera with laser autofocus, which obviously we learned, you know, Samsung learned their lesson with the S20 from last year, or yeah, from last year. And they put in a laser autofocus sensor because I don't know what they were thinking. Samsung, I don't know how they let that camera into production. I don't know how they allowed that camera to be released to the public because that camera, its autofocus was terrible. Terrible. You you barely could get it to focus. And a lot, and it, Samsung was hyping up the cameras like crazy and they were embarrassed and humiliated by the cameras on the S20 Ultra because it just failed to be what it was hyped up to be. But they dialed it down, the hype about the cameras. But this time, they actually pulled off a very good camera setup. We have the first megapixel, which is obviously the 108 megapixel that we saw on the S20 from last year. And we have a 12 megapixel periscope lens which allows you to go to five times optical zoom and 50 times hybrid zoom. Now you also have optical image stabilization for the camera, for the main camera and for the zoom camera. And you also have a 12 megapixel ultra wide lens. So the trifecta right there, telephoto, main, ultra wide. Perfect camera setup right there. And they did a very good job. Obviously you didn't have that crazy zoom like 100 times zoom that the S20 Ultra had, but it is what it is. You had 50 times zoom. Again, there's another compromise that Samsung did, and I don't know why they did. But still a very good zoom. Very good zoom. You can zoom into a lot of things, more than most people would really need. And I mean, it's still cool to have zoom. So you don't have that 100 times zoom, but you still have 50 zoom. Now for the video recording, you have 8K at 24 frames per second. You have 4K at 30 and 60, 1080p 30 and 60. 
you have HDN, HDR10+, and you have stereo sound recording. So all those great features definitely are overlooked, I think, and not a lot of people talk about them. Um, they talk they talk briefly about the re video recording capabilities, but they don't talk about the actual features of those recordings. Now, you do not have optical image stabilization in 8K. It just it doesn't look that good if you don't have something stable that you're recording with. 4K, you do have uh, stabilization on 30 and 60, I believe. And you definitely do have it on 1080p at 30 and 60. 8K is okay. It takes a lot of space, but I don't think that it necessarily is useful, especially for today's day and age. We don't really use 8K. Most of the time we use 4K. And most people, when they you know, they take out their phones, they start recording, they're recording in 1080p most of the time, unless you forgot that you're recording in 4K. I've, I have a phone right here, the Galaxy A52 5G, and it can record 4K 30. And I, I've only used it a couple of times, to be completely honest. I've only used 4K 30 a couple of times because 4K takes a ton of space. And 8K takes twice as much storage for the same length video as it does in 4K. 4K, it's a lot of space, but 8K is double of that, even if it's the same video length, or you're recording the same thing. It's just, it takes up a ton of space. That's why I don't understand why they put 128 as base model for the S20 Ultra, or no, 20 Ultra, uh, here in the US. Again, frustrating. Now, we have a selfie camera, 10 megapixel sensor, and it's actually a very good sensor. It has dual pixel autofocus, 4K, 30, and 60, and 1080p at 30. So very good overall selfie camera. It obviously has that signature Samsung smoothening for the skin, and a lot of people don't like it. But if you if you think yourself if you think yourself ugly, then this can definitely help out. You know, it does a little bit aggressively. It it, it almost makes you look artificial. But I think if you're into that, <laughs> you can definitely go for that. Um, some people don't. I personally don't care. You know, do what you want to do. For me, like. If the camera wants to make me look natural, then make me look natural. If you want to do artificial, then go for it, whatever. I don't really care too much about it, but I know a lot of people do. And so we have the loudspeakers with stereo speakers. So you are going to have one in the earpiece and one at the bottom firing speaker for that beautiful stereo sound. Now, you do not have a headphone jack, as I previously mentioned, but you have AKG-tuned USB-C port. You have that USB-C port for, you know, listening to audio. You still have that, I guess, that audio quality if you want to use the USB-C port because it can also double as a headphone jack. And the next one that we're going to be talking about is Bluetooth. Running on Bluetooth 5.0, not the best because Bluetooth is 5.2, I believe, but it's still running pretty good Bluetooth. You also have NFC. And you'll and if you even if you care about this, I don't know if a lot of people do. That's why I never mention it. But it has radio, FM radio, but only on the Snapdragon model and other specific markets. Uh, and also, you have a fingerprint sensor for biometrics. You have the normal face unlock. You have your pin pattern, whatever you want to use. Most people use the in-display fingerprint because it's obviously become a trademark for Samsung phones. Uh, for people who don't know about technology or, or about phones, they just know that Samsung is the main Android and that it 
has the in-display fingerprint sensor. But if you know more about technology or more into this, which is probably why you're listening to this, uh, you know that pretty much a lot of Android phones, the majority of them already have an under-display fingerprint sensor. The one who innovated this, if I'm not wrong, was the Galaxy S10 from Samsung. Uh, I think that was the first ever fingerprint unlock under the underneath the display. I could be wrong. It might have been Huawei. I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure it was Samsung. Uh, and so they've come a long way. The Note 20 Ultra didn't receive the second generation fingerprint sensor from, uh, from Snapdragon. Or from Snapdragon. From Qualcomm. But they did refine the first gen. And so it does work better than when it did on the original S10. So this is going to work you know, relatively well. You're still going to have to hold it a little bit. Just for a sp- not even like a split second, just a little bit. It has to be more of a press rather than a tap that we have on the Galaxy S20s of this year or S21s of this year. And for, we, oh, we also have wireless DeX. How can we forget about that? DeX has been always a big part of Samsung's ecosystem. You could plug it in. It started with the wire. You can plug it into your computer or your desktop, and then you can have access to everything on your phone and everything on your computer all at the same time. You could do whatever you want. You could use your phone as a tr- as a mouse pad, and it just or a trackpad. Sorry, it, it's honestly a very cool experience. And now you can do it wirelessly. I'm pretty sure you can do wirelessly now. So it's super cool how you can do that now. And you also have Samsung Pay. Although I think yeah, this one does have MST, something that they took off the new Galaxy S21 series. So you are going to have MST. So if that's something that's important to you, you might want to go with this phone. And it also has ultra-wideband support, which is a future technology that has not been too much implemented uh, in terms of practicality, actual usage. The iPhone 12 series has ultra-wideband support. So does the Galaxy S or Note 20s. And the new, I believe, the new... Uh, Galaxy S21s, I'm not sure. But ultra-wideband support, it's going to be coming soon uh, in terms of what you can do with it. Right now, I think all you can do is pay for, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, those electric scooters that you find on the sidewalk. You can tap your phone, and all of a sudden, you're linked up to the thing. I don't know. It's, It's a really cool technology that I think will help a lot of people just make everything a lot smoother and easier. Now, for the battery, we do have a a kind of disappointing 4,500 milliamp hour battery. And I say disappointing because it's not the biggest that they've ever done. And I kind of wish that they would have done something else. Maybe a 5,000 milliamp hour battery, make the phone slightly thicker to fit those extra 500 milliamp hours to make the phone last longer. You know, why did they cut the battery? Even if it's by a little bit, they cut the battery. That takes away from user experience. You know, they're not gonna their phone is not gonna last as long. You do have 25 watt fast charging, but again, Samsung is staying stagnant when it comes to innovating, bringing back faster charging, like what they did with the Note 10, where it supported 45 watt fast charging, and never brought it back after that. Not sure what happened. I really don't like that they did that. But you do have fast wireless charging at 15 watts. And you have reverse wireless charging at 4.5 watts. So you are going to have some pretty decent reverse wireling, reverse wireless charge. Definitely, it's, it's something very cool. A flex, if you will. 
if you have a high-end Samsung phone, you can definitely show off to your iPhone friends um, that they can't do that with their iPhones. Anyway, for three, you have three colors for this phone. You have Mystic Bronze, Mystic Black, Mystic White. Pretty cool. I really like the Mystic White. I really do like that phone. I was about to get it, but I ended up not because I, I don't remember what happened. But Mystic Bronze is also another beautiful color but i don't think i would ever buy it because it's just not my color but it looks so good in that bronze so it is what it is pretty cool and now let's move on to the leaks and we'll keep this relatively quick uh we'll move on we're, we're going to talk about the z fold first or the z fold 3 and then the z flip so let's go all right and now we're into the z fold 3 i just hit my finger and now i'm in pain but we will move forward nonetheless. So we're going to be talking about the Z Fold 3. Obviously, the Z Fold 2 was a great, amazing little, well, not little, actually relatively big phone. Phone, tablet, phablet, not sure what to call it. It's a foldable. It's a foldable phone, if that's what you want to call it. A lot of people are debating on the name, but who cares? We are here because we want to know. So for the release date, we are, we already know that Samsung has announced that Galaxy Unpacked event is going to be on August 11th. And if today is the 9th, or if you're listening it, listening to this on the 10th, then it's going to be a day from now, from right now, or in my case, it's going to be two days from now. Now, this is definitely going to be very exciting. I can't wait to see all these devices. Because as you know, we're going to be seeing the Galaxy Buds 2. So that's going to be interesting. And also, um, there's going to be, obviously, the main focus is going to be the, the foldables. I mean, that's just what it is. The, literally, the name of the, of the event or the slogan is get ready to unfold. So it was definitely a huge clue. It's not like they're hiding anything. But you can go ahead right now and uh, reserve your Galaxy Z Fold 3 at Samsung.com. And it's, you know, it's, it's letting shoppers reserve the next fold ahead of time just in case they sell out you already have a position in line if that's what you want to buy and it if you do reserve it doesn't cost you anything you don't have to pay for anything and it, believe me this is not sponsored i'm just really excited about this and it's something i'm gonna do be, even though i don't plan on buying it just because i maybe you just never know um but i might i might i don't know things change relatively quickly quick quickly and so it has, it has some cool perks. We have $100 of trading credit, 12 months of Samsung Care Plus included for free, and a special offer for other Galaxy products during pre-orders. Like little offers, like they give you like 20, 50% off a pair of Galaxy Buds, whatever. Things like that, they give you little incentives as well. So I recommend to go do it. It's pretty cool. Just go to samsung.com and you'll see it right there. Uh, it's the front banner, I believe. Now, for the price, the Z Fold 3 is obviously going to be new. It's going to be expensive, but a lot of people are saying that it might be actually a little bit less, up to 20% less than the Z Fold 2. And so that would make it around $200 cheaper at around $1,600. So $1,600 is the price that's rumored because the Galaxy Z Fold 2 when it launched, it was two thousand dollars, two grand, two k, two, two, two. That's a lot of money, and so that's Samsung's most expensive phone by far. 
even though they cut the price to $1,800. So even though it was $200 off and they made a permanent cut, you can go and look on Samsung's website. It's no longer $2,000. It's $1,800. But now they think that it could be even cheaper. So the Z Fold 2 might depreciate after this. So you could actually get yourself a Z Fold 2 because that thing, there's almost nothing wrong with that phone. You, uh, just buy it renewed. You get it even more at a discount since it's older and it's renewed. So you could get yourself into one of these uh, in possession of one of these folds. And they're not a bad phone either. You just have to take care of them a little bit more than your normal phone and for cheaper. But this one will be around $1,600. It could go up to $1,750. Uh, anywhere from $1,600 to $1,700. Somewhere around there. That's what they claim. That's what they're saying. I don't know. It's not confirmed. But that those are the rumors. Now, we haven't seen any. But it can go up really high. It can go up to $2,000 or $2,100 if you go up where the... Like, you, you kind of upgrade in terms of storage that's where it's gonna go up in price and uh so it, it really it's a it's a you know it's around that price tag you know from 1600 it could honestly it could go all the way up to 2000 again because of the storage configurations uh, but roughly that's where it should be now there's rumors of potentially uh, samsung releasing a galaxy fold fe which is supposed to be like a lighter version of the real flagship foldable phone. But there hasn't been any development news about it, so we don't know if it's coming or not. But let's talk about the design. So if we look at the design, it's very similar to the previous folds in the past. They fold in half, and you know they have the flexible glass, the ultra-thin glass, as Samsung calls it, which technically they're not wrong. It is glass, but they're just very small bits of it that make up the whole display and that's what allows the phone to fold but on the top on the surface you are going to see plastic because that's the main screen it's going to be the one that folds well they all fold really but they just wanted to protect it i guess i don't know but we should see major design improvements to for the galaxy z fold 3 i'm just going to call it the fold 3 fold 3 because it's a lot easier than calling it its full name and there's some people claiming that it's going to be the first phone from Samsung to gain an under-display camera. And that's probably going to be true because Ice Universe is a very reliable leaker. And he also confirmed by tweeting about this, who also said that they might be able to fit the under-display camera on this Fold 3. So it's going to be crazy to see that. It's definitely going to be very cool. And there's a Samsung promo video that it seems to confirm that there is an under-display under camera on the way. So, I don't know. It's going to be really cool. You're going to have triple cameras on the back, same thing as last year. And, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Definitely going to be very interesting. Most of the time, that front camera is just going to be hiding. But we still don't know. Um, honestly, it's going to be pretty interesting. Also... It's going to be interesting because there's another rumor that suggests that the phone is going to have a 5.4-inch exterior screen with a 7.7-inch inside screen. So there's 
a lot of confusion surrounding that the size of the screen because there's another rumor that says that the inside or the outside is going to be 6.2 inch or 6.23 and then the inside is going to be 7.55 so it's a wide range of those rumored screen sizes and so we don't know what is what and who is telling the truth or who's not telling the truth so we don't know exactly uh, we, we're going to find out. So there's really no point in lingering at this point about the, the the rumors. But so far, looking at the design, when it's unfolded from the outside, it looks okay. I don't I don't know if I like the design too much in terms of the camera, uh, the triple camera on the backside. Uh, but the front or like the, the inside screen, it looks very good. And obviously, you're going to have that S Pen support which is going to be very interesting how they implement it. I wonder what they did to the screen so I could support it, but it's going to be uh, very cool to see. Now, moving on to durability. Obviously, durability has always been an issue with the foldable phones, but we are going to have, it's rumored, that we're going to have an IP rating. So it never, it doesn't say IP68. It just says NIP rating, just A, just A rating. But it's not going to be like, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the best because obviously there's a lot of folding mechanism and a lot of that going on. So it's very hard to really do that. Now, you know, you should be fine if you drop it, you know, accidentally into a, a little accidental dunking. You drop it in the, in, in a, uh, you know, in the shallow end of the pool. You quickly grab it out. You're, you're chilling or you should be. But don't trust me. Just be careful with your phone. I am not held accountable for any damages at all to your devices. I'm just saying that right now. But there's also some people that are saying that it could get an IPX8 rating. I don't know. It could possibly be Samsung's sometimes really, you know, takes us completely off guard and does something really cool. Now, for the S Pen. So obviously the S Pen is going to have it's going to be the because obviously we know that eventually down the line the z fold 3 or the z fold is going to replace the note series because it's just going to be better overall it's going to be big very productive and it's going to be aimed to those productive people that's why it's supporting the s pen it's a it's a sign of the end of the original original note now we're moving into an evolutionary state where the note is transitioning from a normal device to a foldable phone. And so we're in this kind of weird era, but I like it. I'm very excited for it. And so it's it's going to be very interesting. I'm very excited for this because a bigger screen with a bigger S Pen is definitely going to be something that is going to be so cool to see. And you could also, there's rumors that it might actually be stored inside the Fold 3. So that's going to be even cooler that you don't have to keep it in a separate case or whatever like you do with the Galaxy S21 Ultra where it doesn't come inside the phone. But this one looks like it's going to come inside the phone potentially. Potentially, but so far there are no actual confirmed leaks that say it, but there is potential for the future for it to happen. Now, the specs, you are going to have... <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is kind of off today. So you are going to have that Snapdragon 888 chip, so the 5 nanometer chip, so it's going to be definitely a flagship phone. It might have 12 gigs of RAM with either 25 or 
256 gigabytes of internal storage or 512. It really depends on how much you're looking to pay. Either way, it's going to be a lot of money uh, regardless. Now, you are going to have, according to leaks, a 6.2-inch outside display with a resolution of 2,268 uh, by 832 for when it's closed. Now, for the larger inside screen, you're going to have a 6 or 7.6-inch uh, 220 or 2208 by 1768 resolution when it's opened. So, relatively beautiful screens. Both panels should offer 120 hertz, especially it's going to be an upgrade because the Galaxy Z Fold 2 that only has 120 hertz on the big screen, not on the outside screen. Now, they should come with Gorilla Glass on the outside. I'm not sure about the inside, <laughs> but um. Since it does have, or it should, or it might have S Pen support, they might have a little bit of glass more prominently in the inside screen compared to the past two generations. Now, it's, I think they're only producing a limited amount with these devices. Um, but also, they promised that it's good for up to 200,000 folds which is the equivalent of opening and closing the device more than 100 times a day for five years. Just for reference, most people unlock their phones around 50, 50, 70, 80 times they unlock their phones per day. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be opening and closing that phone, but you're probably going to be using the outside screen for some of the things as well which is not going to take full advantage of the opening and closing. So you should be fine. By the time that it's five years, there should already be another cheaper fold device that offers a major improvement over the one that you're using because it's five years later. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fine. For At least for the hinge, it's going to be fine. Now, it should offer peace of mind with potential IPX8 water resistance. Again, potentially. And it should have three cameras composing of 12 megapixel sensors. And, um, you know, it's going to be a really a different, a slightly different design, uh, similar to kind of the new Galaxy S21s of this year. I'm not sure yet. It looks like it, it has a little bit of inspiration from it, but we shall see. We'll see. We'll see. Now, there's a 4,400 milliamp hour battery that's going to power the whole thing, which is kind of, you know, it's a little iffy, but I think it, it'll, it'll work out. I'm sure it'll work out. The Galaxy Z Fold 3 is going to weigh around 9.55 ounces or 271 grams, uh, which should be less than the one than 9.9 ounces on the Fold 2. So for charging, obviously, it's going to have that 4,400 or 4,500 milliamp hour battery, and it's going to, you know, it's most likely going to have 25 watt fast charging, and it's going to, you know, run it relatively well. It'll be fine. If you go to 60 hertz, it's going to be even more battery life because 120 hertz obviously drains more uh, battery. Uh, but you will have wireless charging, which should be the normal as well. Um, wire charging, and I'm pretty sure you should have reverse wireless charging. I'm not sure about that one yet, but they should, considering it's their flagship phone. Now, uh, for the software, obviously, we're going to be running Android 12. Because obviously, from now on, we're going to go to Android 12. feels like just 
recently we upgraded to Android 11 for Samsung. Samsung's usually kind of slow at releasing those kinds of things. But um, yeah, so hopefully we see more multitasking features, better durability, and a cheaper version because obviously they're very expensive. But um, even better durability would definitely help with the price. Now let's move on to the Galaxy Z Flip 3. All right, and we are almost done. The Galaxy Z Flip is going to be released, obviously, the same time. We're going to keep this relatively brief. I'm going to try to hurry up this as much as possible. We have this Galaxy Z Flip costing anywhere from $1,200 all the way up to $1,500. So it should be kind of interesting, especially since there's going to be a 5G and a 4G version. It should be kind of interesting. So it might be even as low as $1,000. It could be somewhere around there. 1000 but this is going to be obviously the base model so you can't expect too much but if you want a foldable phone and that's all you care about then this is going to be great news for you personally i really like the flip more than the fold the fold seems kind of too much for me and i think this flip three would do better for me now the design is going to be very similar although there's rumor that there's going to be even a bigger display on the front uh side or on the top side of it, because obviously last year we had a very small little thing and uh, a little screen that we barely could do anything. All we could do is half look at our notifications. So it should be something interesting that when they do expand that bigger screen. And it, this one should have IPX8 rating as well, 1.5 meters up to 30 minutes. And it's reported that the ultra thin glass that Samsung is using is going to be 80% more durable than before, thanks to a quote unquote additional of a pan or addition of a panel layer and protective film. But also, it says that it has the strongest aluminium frame yet. So I, I don't know. Some people pronounce it aluminum, but it's going to have the strongest aluminum frame that Samsung has ever made, or that's according to their claims at least. So, it's going to be very interesting. The design, I'm not sure if I like it. It reminds me a lot of a Pixel, uh, and I really don't like Pixel designs. Uh, maybe the newer ones, like the Pixel 5, it's okay. You know, it's all right. The colors are nice, but it reminds me of Pixel 2, Pixel 3 days. It reminds me with a dual color, kind of like first half is covered in black, and then the rest of the phone is the OEM original color. So I don't really like the design. It's not my favorite. But if it's all taken up by screen, then I don't really mind. So from the looks of it, it might have a screen. But that's where also the camera goes. And it almost reminds me of the iPhones because it has the dual camera setup, but they're circular. So they kind of remind me of iPhone 7-ish kind of days. Or, yeah, or even the iPhone 11s with those separated two cameras so pretty cool i don't know if i like it maybe i'll like it once i see it in person but hopefully we see better battery life than before and also more affordable because obviously uh of phones very expensive improved durability definitely going to be something very cool and please better app support for flex mode because flex mode samsung really flexed about it and there was not much to flex about I really hope that they add more things that are actually useful in that kind of flex mode because they could actually be very helpful if they do better app support for that feature and you can get more out of that than you already can because right now it's kind of limited by just Samsung apps and that's about it. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Tech 
talk number five and i'll see you guys in the next one till then peace